0: Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Valls on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tissy Hober?
1: <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on?
0: Oh, bad! Was I surprised today, Shane? And I know you're envious because oh, no. we—I got a package delivered to my house. Actually, they tried to—they tried to deliver it yesterday, Shane. But I was doing a live show. It was actually the the other the live show I do with Braden. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get the door, but so today I knew I had to get it, even though I was in the middle of something very important. But I knew I had to get that door, and here it was, Shane. It was. Over ninety pounds of twisted tea product, and I'm not even opening it, brother, till I get down to your house. So we'll we'll be fully stocked for the entire football season,
1: or at least a good weekend. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's been a while since we've hung out, Mike. Oh no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be awesome. And uh, thanks again, thanks for the sponsors for for sending out. I mean. We got so many game time sending us cups. We got twisted teeth. We got the beard trimmer coming in. I gotta get on yep. that, you know. So uh, it's been it's been awesome, man. But yeah, a little alcohol and football. I mean, we're it's just right here, Mike. A couple weeks away. We, we got the thirteenth, so we got. I'm terrible with math. What is that a week?
0: Yeah, a little over a week. A yeah. week and two days, we'll have Vanderbilt hosting Hawaii, Week Zero, the first game of the SEC season. And I know Shane is heated over here. So we got we gotta open with this because of that Commodore Stadium. They're calling it uh First Bank Stadium now. It's the only sponsored yeah. stadium. But hell, half the stadium ain't standing up anymore, is it?
1: Oh my gosh. And if you have not seen it. Get on the YouTube channel. We're showing you a picture right now. Mike's going to put this thing in there. If you're looking at it, it looks like a high school stadium and and both end zones are complete construction zones. And we're like a week away from football. You know what I'm saying? There is like – like they're just starting on it. I I don't understand that. I'd look at programs like Tennessee that do these massive remodels and, and doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss one game. And Vanderbilt's like, you know, when we should start this construction, that <laughs> kickoff, you know, it's like, what the hell are we doing here, man? Well,
0: in fairness, to they've been doing it for a little while. They didn't do the spring game because of the construction. It was, it was, it's been going on that long. But yeah, I mean, the point remains the same. Wasn't our buddy Chris construction? Lee
1: construction? I mean, what, there's nothing there. Well, they, see, they,
0: what, what they're doing, Shane, is they're going to have uh, one side of the of the stadium. Uh, kind of filter into their football facility. So that's a massive project. Now, why both, both ends of the stadium are gone at the same time? I cannot answer that. But uh, what what was the uh, – our, our buddy Chris Lee, Vandy Sports, threw it out there. Was it like 28,000 capacity is going to be – I believe that's the number for Vanderbilt this fall. So, I mean, it's a, it's a shell of itself right now.
1: No, I get that. I get there's progress, and, and we got to do this. But it just seems like there's also time. I mean, could they not do, in the, do this during bowl season? You know what I'm saying? Last mm-hmm. year they could have they could have knocked this out like December started it then, and then you know by kickoff start on the stadium, and then by kickoff work on you know I'd rather them be working on the facilities right now than yeah. the actual venue itself, which is going to be. I mean, it's 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 a laughing stock, Mike, and it shouldn't be. This is one of the say forget what you want to say. Vanderbilt's in the SEC, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. that comes with certain expectations. I, I'm looking at this new stadium that they they're doing out in Kansas. You see that mm-hmm. Kansas, that shitty football program, <laughs> that god awful program. <laughs> that stadium looks ten thousand times better than this Vanderbilt Stadium's gonna look. And yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand that, Mike. We Vanderbilt can do something. You know, if it if we gotta have a country music singer come out at the end of every quarter to attract people to this stadium, it can be done. You know, yeah. it's just kind of embarrassing. And and uh but again, it is progress. So kudos to Vanderbilt for finally doing something over there, I guess.
0: Well I'm not trying to make your blood pressure go crazy, Shape, but <laughs> I don't think this is even going to be done for twenty twenty four season, as I understand it. So ho- hopefully, hopefully they have the sides of the stadium up. But I, I think it's not till twenty twenty five that this whole thing will be done. I believe that's correct.
1: Jeez Louise, this thing it holds like twenty four thousand people, Mike. <laughs> Could you imagine Tennessee coming there? That's 23,000. <laughs> you know, Georgia coming up. I mean, it's just wow. It's maybe, they, still...
0: maybe they just got one guy a day working on it. I don't know.
1: That's like construction at my house, Mike. You know the house I've been building for three years? Yeah. I'm still not into that thing. So same guy. That's where he's been. That's that's where he's been this whole time. He's down there in Nashville. So Jeez yep. Louise.
0: well, moving on, Shay, to a team that's actually gonna factor into the SEC race. Let's kick it on down to Alabama, where arguably the biggest question in the entire SEC right now, Shane, is what will the Crimson Tide do at quarterback? And according to Nick Saban. Doesn't sound like they're any closer to an answer about two weeks away here from kickoff. Uh, Regarding the quarterbacks, do coaches kind of provide some off the field evaluation on if the quarterbacks are kind of living up to the leadership habits and communication you guys want from a starter in that role?
2: You know, what I tell the quarterbacks is it's not up to the coaches. You're looking over your shoulder to see if the coach is going to do this or that. How about you forcing me to play? Forcing me to play you. Force us to play you. When you get your reps and you get a chance to play, you play so good, we we don't have any choice but to play you rather than worrying about all this other stuff. So that's the only way I can answer your question.
0: All right, Chase. So he's begging someone, please, God, force me to play you out here
1: because
0: they're not seeing it. Up and down, we talked about the scrimmage. Sounds like uh, Jalen Milrow had the best scrimmage for what that's worth. But uh, how concerned are you, Shane, that we're sitting here, and again, two weeks away from from kickoff, I realize MTSU, not a formidable – they could roll out any quarterback. They're going to beat the hell out of MTSU. But it's mostly about that week two game. Texas comes to town. Will Texas finally live up to the hype? If it's a shootout, I don't know if we got confidence right now in the Alabama quarterback to win a shootout. Do
1: you? No, man. I'll tell you, how, how upset is Nick Saban that he brought up that cake analogy? You know, it's like – how many more damn times are they going to bring up this <laughs> metaphor? So, Mike, I, I told you here a couple of weeks ago, I think this thing gets hammered out in the MTSU game. I don't think it's going to happen during camp. I'm not expecting them to come out and say, hey, this is our guy. You're going to see a 1A, 1B situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we know exactly who those two are going to be, and, and it's going to be a hot hand. And then moving forward, whoever wins that job will win beating the shit out of MTSU. That's what it's going to come down to, in my opinion. Now, here's one thing
0: I wanted to throw out to you, Shane, because we we say this, we got to be fair to Alabama. You know, maybe these quarterbacks are not looking good because, what do we always say in these camps, Shane? Maybe it's because the defense is just downright dominant. What are the odds that maybe that maybe that's why there's been no – separation just because the defense is out here winning practice after practice winning scrimmage after scrimmage could you at least buy into that
1: no uh, Whoa, no. Come on, Shane. no come on i, mean, I thought I, I was the alabama hater come on no i know I, I, you're looking for a silver lining here but yeah I, I would spin it a different way i would say hey we got two guys out here really competing or maybe even three hell we don't know at this point maybe we got three guys that are you know that could lead this team to a an, an SEC championship or something like that, you know? I get, I get what you're saying about the defense, but when the one's not in, he's going against the two. So you're telling me the second string is so damn dominant that that, that guy's not stepping – I just – I'm not buying that, but, uh, but yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll spin it. We'll spin it any way you want, Mike. It's preseason. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's – it's, I'll be positive. I apologize. Sorry, I got upset. Vanderbilt got my, my blood pressure up right out of the gate.
0: Well, here is one positive note, Shane. Sophomore tight end, Amari Nyblack. This is a guy that I've heard positive things about, and apparently he has taken his game to another level, Shane. He's been running with the first team. He had one of the best performances of anybody in the first scrimmage in training camp. Nick Saban calls this guy a mismatch in the passing game. Let's kick it over
3: to Saban one more time. How have you seen a guy like Amari Nyblack not only progress as a receiver, but also as a blocker?
2: Yeah, he's doing great. You know, he's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He understands the offense a lot better. Uh, He is a mismatch player to some degree in the passing game, and he's done a really good job. He was very productive in the first scrimmage. And uh, he is blocking better. And uh, I think that uh, he can be an impact player for us if he continues to grow and progress, and we're we're excited about his future.
0: All right, Shane. But, hey, at at least if we don't know who the quarterback is – at least we got confidence to know he's going to be surrounded by weapons. And this is a guy, Night Black, that, you know, really not even on the radar till now. Um, I mean, again, how whoever the quarterback is, you got to have confidence that he's going to put up some numbers with all these weapons, right?
1: No, I, I agree with you, man. And, and I feel like, too, a new guy in the system coming out, he's going to have to have some check downs and that's why you always look for the tight ends. You always look for maybe a running back that can, that can come out of the, out of off the side. You know, it's like who can, who can help me? Where's, where's my safety blankets at, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I'm, this this makes me the happiest is that we are having some of that talent emerge around him. So whoever is taking that snap is going to have some options out there. So no, this is this is good news, man. Now what about this though?
0: The final thing from Nick Saban, then we'll move on. But uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, Shane, where you know he just basically said we're wanting more guys to be self motivated than we're seeing here in camp. Um so let's get, again, let's kick it over to Nick Saban. I got something to ask you on the other side. Your
4: analogy about quarterbacks being like a cake in the oven with this question and try to apply it to, to leadership. Uh, when you look at leadership on the whole, if you looked at it like a cake in the oven, how close to being fully baked do you see that being? You know, there's
2: a couple things about leadership. Um, you know, everybody talks about leadership all the time, but I think it's also important that how many guys on the team need to be led. So if you've got a bunch of guys that are mature and going about things the right way, they're all setting good example. They're all buying in. They're all doing the things that they need to do. So they don't really necessarily have to have somebody impact them every day to do the right things. And the more guys that we have that fit in that category, that's more important than the guys that are the leaders on the team. Because I think that's what you're, you're trying to get. Now, there are some guys that, have an impact on other players. And I think that, you know, there's a couple guys in the offensive line that has provided some really good leadership. I think there's some guys on defense that have some maturity that's provided some leadership. We actually need it at every position because it's if you have guys at every position that are setting a good example every day by what they do, it gives young players somebody to emulate. And I think that's important. But I'll go back to my original point Fewer guys that we have that need somebody to emulate, the better off we're going to be.
0: So I'm not disagreeing with him at all because I think as much as we want to make these coaches out to be, you know, the rah rah guys that jack everybody up, it's it's really it really is led by the players. Mm-hmm. So I understand what he's saying, but does it concern you at all that um, that again we're two weeks from football here and we're we're searching for leadership in Tuscaloosa, kind of based on these comments?
1: Well, I guess the bad thing is, it is it keeps coming up. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 almost like Nick's out here saying, "Hey, these, we've got a few of these boys that need to grow up, that need to realize that this isn't." Say what you want, man. I know the kids, and that's hard. I can't get my kid to do shit. You know my youngest one especially. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's that TikTok generation. I call them. You know they just they're 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 bullheaded and they they get sidetracked and and a little little spice of eight ADHD. You know it's just because they're always on their phones and stuff. Yeah. You know whatever. But they're kids, and they got now a lot of them got money in their pocket and they're and they're ready to spend it and you know have some fun. I get that, but. Nick's coming out here saying, hey, man, this is a job. You're, we brought you here for a job, and we need you to treat it as such. And if you're not putting in the hours you know, before you clock in, then it shows when you're in practice. And I feel like that's what this is. And, again, I don't think it's a large group. I think it's, it's three or four just super gifted, raw-talented athletes that's just not taking it as serious as they should.
0: Mm-hmm. Now about this real quick, Shane. I thought uh, this was a great question from – I wish I would have wrote down the guy's name, but one of our uh, listeners here wanted me to ask you this and and just kind of both of us weigh in on it. But the doubt – you don't even have doubts about Alabama. But I guess the doubt I have, what would Alabama's record be if they were playing Georgia's schedule? And I'll run down the schedule here. I'll throw it up on the screen. Of course, UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, all at home, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Vandy, Florida and Jacksonville, Mizzou, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech. I mean, with that schedule, I think it's fair to say I'd be a lot higher on Alabama. I mean, at worst, probably – 11-1 Eleven and one for me. What What do you think?
1: Well, I, I think, I think if you did this, if you switch those schedules around right now, mm-hmm. when they're talking about these projected four teams in the college football playoff, no question, Alabama's name's still going to keep popping up. So, I think that's where it's at. It, it obviously, we can't switch the schedules, but also like how 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 it slowly ramps up. You know, when you don't have a couple of spots hammered out, you know, as far as far as who's in the, you know, the first spot. mainly the quarterback. I mean, I don't know why I'm beating around the bush here. You know, it helps if you've got a couple of tune up games before you start jumping into some of that SEC play and, and they ramp up real quick. Texas I mean, Texas week two. And if they don't have it figured out by then, they're in trouble. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I that's a great, great question. I would I would say undefeated, man. I, I would say Undefeated, maybe. I mean, you could throw Winning maybe. Winning Nealon Stadium? I don't know. How many times can we throw them? How many times are we going to have to throw them goalposts in the river? You know, yeah. I'll do it again. I ain't scared.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of the ball of shade, let's kick it down to uh, Knoxville next. They just had their second scrimmage of training camp. It uh, sounds like, you know, no quarterback issues on Rocky Top, brother, because we got Joe Milton firing missiles. We don't even know if he's thrown an interception. Shay, that probably means he's thrown one, but maybe maybe Heupel was looking away when that happened. But uh, here's Josh Heupel when asked about Joe Milton and how accurate he's been during training camp.
5: Uh, with, with Joe, how was his accuracy today, and how has it been compared to the rest of camp? And he was really accurate with the football. Really decisive. Been a really good decision maker. <clears throat> I don't know if he's thrown a pick all uh, all training camp. Been in control of the protections for the most part. Um, and you know, we've continued to to push their hand on that side of it. That's Joe, but that's the guys behind them right now too, and and uh, I think they've continued to grow in that way. All Ooh, right, knock, on wood, <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood,
1: man. Knock on wood, man. Why are you saying? Why are you putting that evil on me, Ricky Bobby?
0: <laughs> this has got to be exactly what you want to hear, though, right? A crisp, accurate Joe Milton. That's that's something that uh, you know that that's kind of the one knock on him, I guess you could say, during his his starting time. At Tennessee and Michigan, maybe not the most accurate of passers.
1: Yeah, you want to hear it, Mike, but you don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Because if it doesn't happen, shit like this starts coming back up again. <laughs> oh, most accurate. Never throw an interception. <laughs> way well, through three in the first quarter or something. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't want to hear any of that, Mike, because yeah. I, I, Tennessee fans has been hurt. You know what I'm talking about. You got that little devil on your shoulder. You know, now he's gotten smaller through the years here. You know, his voice ain't as loud as it used to be, but he's still there. <laughs> so, I don't like I don't like, you know, right out of the gate putting too much pressure on my quarterback.
0: Yeah. Well, he may have some pressure on him. Shame because Cooper Mays unavailable, we knew. You know, we've talked about that. He had to have surgery. Uh Josh Heupel was asked about, uh, you know, the expectation, will he be ready to go for the season opener? And really, you know, I I have no inside knowledge, so maybe this is not fair, Shane, but this feels like one of those where it's like, all right, he may not go for Virginia, but we're favored by 40 points. Can we get him back by Florida? And it's going to be one of those that that lingers into the season. I could be completely wrong, but uh, I've I've just seen this story one too many times. So let's kick it over to him, ask about Cooper Mays. It kind of dances around it, but remains optimistic that he will play in the opener.
5: Secondly, uh, with Cooper – do you feel like you're in
1: holding pattern until he gets back? Or is it more preparing to play Virginia without him? When you say
5: holding pattern.
1: Just he's going to be back soon, so we just need to – he'll
2: be back and know if everything will be fine for the opener? Or are you preparing we need to be ready to play without Cooper?
5: No, I mean, we believe we'll have an opportunity to have him back. Everything's gone well since, um, you know, he, uh, you know, missed train camp and, and had uh, the issue that he had. Uh, But at the same time, like, and it's true for every position, but in particular, the offensive line, like, you better have contingency plans. Um, You don't know when that's going to happen. You know, a guy gets an ankle. You guys have seen that since we've been here, you know, and and, uh, so every week, you got to understand, you know, where you're at going into the game, how you want to manage and play those guys if you're healthy. But... If something happens to one of those five guys, somebody gets nicked up, who's the next in, you know, how are you shuffling uh, your your front five if, in particular, a center goes down. So those are things that, you know, you work through every training camp and throughout the course of the season.
0: All right, Shane, so maybe not even, you know, I guess we're just totally disrespecting Virginia. If you missed it on the last episode, Brett Sianka uh, pick six previews. He said – You know, what's the spread, 34-something points? I'm taking Tennessee at the 34. So, Virginia (laughs) will not stand any chance whether Cooper Mays plays or not. But uh, how big is it to get Cooper Mays in there for that Florida game, for SEC play, for them Vols, do you think?
1: I don't think we need to rush it, um, you know, but it it feels to me kind of like the Juice Wells situation. It's like, Mm. yeah, I think if we need to play them, we can, but – Will he be ready? I mean, it's just you know what I'm saying? At, at the, of course, I guess that's not that's not comparable. It's not we're not playing North Carolina and game day there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. maybe that's not a, a fair assessment, but yeah, I don't I, I think in this situation, if it is one of those he kind of referenced ankle, I don't even know what the injury is. I, I would imagine it's lower leg. If if that's the case, why push it, you know? This is this is a guy that has had a track record of, of injury problem so why why for, force him to to you know speed up that that rest when he could come in week two or like you said even week three it just depends on i guess some of these young kids who steps up in, in his place
0: mm-hmm. well i'm hearing really good things about the left tackle for what it's worth john campbell the transfer from miami so i think they got themselves a centerpiece to build around spragans is a great player still, yeah. still trying to figure out one guard spot and one tackle spot. But if Cooper Mays can get back in the lineup, you know, that would be huge. If not, you may have two question marks in the middle of that offensive line. That that, that could be a real issue. And that's uh, what's t-
1: tough. That's what's tough with centers, too, man. They, they're typically the captain. They're it they're they're it's making sure everybody's in the right spot picking up the right people i mean they're like a quarterback and uh it's not just you know hey we'll just plug in another lineman <laughs> you know what i'm saying it doesn't work that way that's why it's such a pivotal piece in an offense
0: yeah well i'll tell you who's not a question mark shane and that's jalen wright sounds like he is poised for a big breakout season you know, I'll let the audience know we're going to be sponsored by Prize Picks once again. You might want to circle Jalen Wright's name for the Prize Picks early in the season. Let's kick it over to Josh Heupel. West.
5: Josh, what kind of off-season and, and camp has Jalen Wright had? He's always been such a, an impressive guy when he gets out in space athletically. Just what How's he done in terms of staying healthy, doing all that stuff? Yeah, he's been healthy throughout the course of training camp. Uh, his body's um dramatically different you know he's one of the guys that we recognize as as we started training camp just for what he had done in the off season the changes that he had continued to make to his, his body been very intentional in his work he's continued to grow and just being able to um you know have a championship mindset be able to reset from play to play play with passion um not playing just straight out of emotion um been great with the young backs he's been a great leader great teacher for those guys Uh, he's into it when he's not even the guy that's getting the reps Um, on the football side of it you know he's a guy that as you said early in his career just wanted to run around everything and and just use his speed uh, to his advantage that's how he had kind of developed as as a young back in in high school uh, with some of what they did he can still do all those things, but he's got really good vision. He understands blockers. He understands how to use them. He delivers double teams uh, to the second level. Uh, he finds space. His vision on the backdoor cuts is, uh, you know, grown. He's doing it at the right time. Um, he's uh, he's playing at a really high level. All right, Chase. So basically, every hype
0: video Tennessee's throwing out there these days yeah. features a big old Jalen right run. Fast, One of the fastest players, arguably, on the entire team. Sounds like he's ready, committed to be a breakout star for Tennessee. And and this is what I've said to many people, Shane. I think this, this rushing attack, I think they're going to lean on it this year, at least early in the Joe Milton era. Uh, I think Jalen Wright is poised for a huge season.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, brother. These there's a couple of highlights coming out. It's like, and his legs—they just keep churning. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take several, several folks to bring him down. He's—he's mm-hmm. he's definitely put some weight on, but he's still fast as hell. So, yeah, true specimen there, and he's going to be a, a hell of a, a hell of a talent up there in Knoxville.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of hell of a talent, Shay, let's kick it all down to Baton Rouge for my pick the win West, LSU Tiger Shane, and sounds like. Some issues there with uh, Mr. Denver Harris, who's mm-hmm. had his own issues. Uh, he's not been practicing, he's not been in the lineup. Very first question Brian Kelly got on Wednesday when he met with the media What is the status of your sophomore corner?
5: Brian, just what is the status of Denver Harris with the team right now?
6: Uh, Denver is uh, handling some personal matters. Um, and, uh, you know, if he takes care of everything. Um, you know, um could have him back this weekend.
0: Well, Shane personal matters. <laughs> <laughs> that that's code for uh-huh. uh, you know, got in trouble some way, yeah. shape, or form. And and Brian Kelly in the spring has made it be known. I mean, this is his Denver Harris's last opportunity, and it sounds like it's not going great already. Yeah. Can't write him off just yet, but uh I hear they're they're pretty confident in the first string and and he's not even running with the second team when he gets back. So
1: it's it's kind of wild how this it just it just kept rolling. It's like somebody's like, wait a minute, he's he's not he's not the team photo. He's not. Is his email good? And they're checking his email. Oh, I still good, you know. They're going back and forth. We're trying to figure out where this kid's at. You know, I obviously had a really really short leash when he came down there, and uh, you know. We don't – I don't know, Mike, you know, and I'm not going to speculate or anything like that. But, you know, that, that Texas A&M group that, that left, you know, everybody's like, oh, shit, you know, all these guys going places. <laughs> and then they're getting kicked out of those schools, so we'll see. Now, he yeah. ain't officially kicked out of LSU, but, but man, I'm, I'm telling you, brother, he ain't got he ain't got too many places to go.
0: Right, yeah. So this is certainly a situation to monitor, Shane. But one thing I did love to hear from Brian Kelly – The emphasis they're putting on special teams, Shane, and I'm hearing even Harold Perkins is doing special teams. Omar Spates, the All-Pac-12 player from Oregon State, who's going to be their starting middle linebacker, he's doing special teams. Many, many others on special teams, including one guy to to keep your eye on, Shane, Aaron Anderson, the transfer from Alabama. He was a five-star recruit, went to Alabama for a year, transferred back home Louisiana he's going to be our punt returner so here's Brian Kelly on putting these key players on special teams to solve what was the biggest issue with the Tigers last season
1: what does adding a a starter so to speak to special teams do for the messaging and the importance
4: of, of that part of your game and have you seen that impact the guys understanding of how important it is to the game
6: Meaning, um, uh, could you explain yourself? I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood the question.
1: I don't, I don't remember seeing a, a ton of starters in coverage roles last year, and, and you know we're ah.
6: seeing
5: them now, I guess. Is, yeah. Does that set the tone of just how important you all are taking it?
6: Yeah, I think that's part of it, and, and I think we had a pretty frank conversation with our guys about what the NFL uh, rosters look like. I mean, for, for these guys to make these rosters um, – you know, I'll just give you an example from the fourth round, a fourth round pick or later, you know, it's about a 20 percent chance of making a roster. So you, you better have more in your resume than just being a positional player. Um, you better play special teams as well. So we're just trying to be transparent with our guys and let them know that, you know, this is what it looks like. You know, look, if you're if you're a bonafide first round draft pick, um, special teams doesn't necessarily need to be on your resume. Um, but you know, we don't have five first round draft picks. Um, we got a lot of really good football players, but they need to enhance their resumes.
0: All right, Shane. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, some fans probably don't want their start, their star players on special teams that often, but, uh, the the commitment to it. And I think Brian Kelly makes one hell of a point too, where, Hey, a lot of these guys, this is whether they want to face this reality or not, that, their careers in the NFL may hinge on their ability to play special teams. So smart all the way around. What's your thoughts on a bunch of starters playing special teams for LSU?
1: Yeah, I, I I think you got to do it. I mean, College football, any football, is is three phases: it's mm-hmm. offense, defense, and special teams. And you know, hell, look at LSU struggled. I mean, I, they would, probably would have had more wins. South Carolina probably wouldn't have as many wins if they didn't have special teams. So, yeah, it's a pivotal piece, and uh, you're starting to see more and more colleges do it. And because you, you see it, the pros, you, you watch, watch a Bill Belichick team. Mm-hmm. You remember? I remember uh, what's his name, uh, the tight end. Gronkowski, oh yeah, got got hurt on 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 a field goal. And I'm like, well, what think, the hell I is he you were doing? Gonna
0: say the other tight end.
1: <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 not gonna do that, Mike. But I'm just okay. saying, it, it, it hurt because he was on my fantasy team. I'm not gonna lie, and I was like, what the hell is he doing on on you know? But I get it, I understand it. Mm-hmm. If you got superb athletes, you put them there in special teams, and in the college it mimics that. If you if you can't if you're going to make it in the NFL, man, you got to you got to be able to wear a lot of hats. And one mm-hmm. of those hats is going to be special teams. So, no, I'm I'm not surprised that that actually look at Alabama. The, you know, wh- how many times do we see two out there I'm like what the hell is Tua taking a snap on a kit on a field goal, you know? What if he gets hit? But Yeah. That's just that mentality, brother.
0: Mhm. Yeah. The elite of the elite have to have it, Shane. And, and one guy that I hear is going to be elite. I mean, he's already flashed it. He was the most consistent receiver, despite not being the biggest name on the roster last year. And that's Malik Neighbors, who many, many, many people who know what they're talking about got LSU as arguably the top receiving core. We we don't say that enough. Uh, so probably we're underrating him, Shane. But Malik yeah. Neighbors sounds like he has taken his game to another level and if he can be an, an all American type player, uh just imagine how dynamic this LSU offense can be. So let let's kick it over to Brian Kelly one more time.
5: Brian Malik Neighbors seems like he's playing fantastic right now. What is it that is maybe allows him to separate himself as a receiver and where have you seen him maybe take some improvements in his game?
6: Uh I think it's his mindset. Uh his skill level has always been there. Um it's so when I talk about his mindset, it's his ability to come out every single day and um, maintain his emotions um, and, and really focus on, um, you know, what's important. And, and that is um, being at his best uh, during practice and, and not being distracted by anything. I thought at times he got distracted um, quite frankly, and, and let things on the peripheral get in the way of how he came to practice, and he would had some ups and downs during his practice. This year so far, uh, very little to no distractions has put him in a position where his practicing has been very consistently at a high, high level. If he stays at that level and, and eliminates the distractions that are so easy uh, to pop up today, um, He's in, he's in line to do some real special things.
0: And how about these numbers, Shane? So this, this is the last four games of, of last season from Malik Neighbors. He really started to catch fire in this system. UAB, I get it, not a great team, but seven catches, 129 yards. That's 18 yards per catch. Yeah. Against A&M, 7 catches, 69 yards. That's 10 yards per catch. That, that was his worst game. Georgia, five catches, 128 and a touchdown, that's over 25 yards per catch. And then against Purdue in the bowl game, nine catches, 163, and a touchdown, Eight over 18 yards per catch. He really, really caught fire, Malik Neighbors did, at the end of last season. And if he carries that over, he will be an All-American.
1: Well, Mike, that's why he's on every watch list that's out there. You know, I mean, the guy is an absolute freak, and uh, continue to be so. He's going to be the next LSU great to come through. I mean, think about the the dudes LSU has put in the league. So uh, he will be yet another one. And and I'm I'm not surprised. But one thing I am I want to ask you, Mike, because you and I we're we're both really high. Uh, i would on texas a- and i'm not asking for a ranking or anything like that mm-hmm. but when you ask for about the the best wide receiver cores in in the sec lsu is one of those that pops up the most i would say with georgia um uh, alabama uh of course texas a&m mm-hmm. uh, even tennessee I've, I've i've seen a few but Can you know you? are are yeah are we sleeping on lsu's wide receivers
0: I think so, Shane, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, maybe, I mean, you hear Jaden Daniels, a lot of people have him as uh, you know, a high-end quarterback, but I think most people just assume he's, he's just a runner and he can't make yeah. the tough throws, where he certainly proved that to me that he, he could. So I do think, I think LSU and, and maybe us in particular have underrated the weapons, but of course, that's a big reason why I like them to uh, to win it all, man. I, I think they tons of players on this team got breakout potential, and a, a lot of that has to do with the receiving core.
1: It, do you think LSU has five first rounders on that team right now? <laughs> you <laughs> know, he made that comment, and I was like, I bet you could find five. You know, you got two on the offense or defensive line, right? You right. know, uh, neighbors he he could be a he could be one. Uh, Jaden, i mean eventually I, I could see him as a first rounder
0: yeah will campbell the left tackle is pretty outstanding yeah. um yeah i mean harold perkins of course oh shit yeah uh, yeah he's yeah, got
1: I, what's he talking about <laughs> i think he's
0: got five eventually i th- maybe yeah. what he's saying is we don't got five for the next draft
1: but i got you
0: i'll give him the benefit of that you know he's he's doing what Kirby's doing, what Sadie's doing. We ain't got no players. They're not good enough. They're showing me nothing. I I think he's got to sprinkle some of that in there. You know what?
1: Yeah, I got you. I got you.
0: Well, one guy that's not buying his hype, Shane, and I love this, last thing for LSU, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, the quarterback who had his opportunities to to exit the program, and a lot of people assumed he would, and Walker Howard would stay on to kind of apprentice under Jaden Daniels, but it was the reverse. Walker Howard left Garrett Nussmeier stayed. Here's Garrett Nussmeyer on uh, why he made that decision to stay at LSU.
1: Since coming back or announcing that you're coming back, kind of take me through that process, and what did you want to get out of this
4: year for the future?
5: Um, you know, I think what I wanted to get out of this year is the same that I want to get out of any year. Um, you know, it's just continuing to get better, you know, never accepting of what I am, you know, and I'm always in competition with what I have the potential to be, you know, not with what I am now. And I think that's kind of the mindset that I've taken, um, you know. I think, like you said, coming back, I mean, I don't think it was that hard of a decision for me. Um, You know, this is where I want to be. You know, my roots are in this state. This is my home, and um, it means something to me to represent LSU and to represent this state and these fans. And also, you know, with my teammates and coaches, you know, I've learned to build relationships with the new staff, and, you know, I I have a lot of love for them. And, you know, also with my teammates, you know, I, I wanted to finish what we started, so.
0: All right, Chad. I don't know if the audience has noticed this yet, but i love to highlight these guys that stay because we just live in this era now, and, and more power to him. I'm not calling players out to transfer or anything, but it's just unique when a guy decides not to transfer. And, you know, I think Garrett Nussmeier is going to play a decent amount this year because because of his arm talent, and I'm sure they, they assured him that uh, any opportunity they can get him on the field, they're going to do it. And hell, he could probably be a starter at a couple different spots across the SC, probably more than a couple, mm-hmm. uh, had he decided to enter the transfer portal. So that, I think that also makes that unique, but uh, it's, it speaks to the program, it speaks to the culture, and and I think it speaks to uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's belief that uh, Brian Kelly and company are, are going to win championships and they're going to develop them.
1: No, it's a good, good. I mean, because you don't see it often. Obviously, when you, when you lose it, typically you you see these kids hitting the transfer portal and going somewhere else. And mm-hmm. and I don't know. Sometimes if you, it sometimes you need a mentor. Sometimes you need somebody to sit you down. Maybe I mean he's got. You, everybody knows his family you know and, and say hey what other better situations are out there than, than where you're at right now I get that you're not playing but you're behind a mobile quarterback that could get banged up at any time you know this is an SEC typically look at last year how many quarterbacks started the season and then ended the season it's it, right. it, it happens and I hate to say it but but then you also got the opportunity next year. To to be the starting quarterback, at LSU or or look at so I I I think there's just I don't know this this is a grown up move that you that you don't see that often and it's stuck in there and and nothing but rave reviews I mean it can it almost became a quarterback competition down there it sounded like right
0: well and speaking of grown up moves Shane head on over to Manscaped over there <laughs> get you the beard hedger Ugh. pro. And don't forget to use that promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order and free shipping. That's even international shipping, courtesy of Manscaped.com. Head on over to Manscaped.com slash podcast. And, again, that promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order. And you don't have to order just the Beard Hedger Pro. they got many fine products there, but the Beard Hedger Pro is the new one. I just shaved it up, cleaned myself up a little bit here this afternoon, Shane, with the Beard Hedger Pro. So, again, Manscaped.com, promo code SEC. There is a link in the show notes to get that 20% off, and it would really, really help the podcast out if you take advantage of this uh, sponsorship opportunity. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans twisted tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before it's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch with five percent alcohol and no carbonation delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion no need to settle for the usual, Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code ThatSECTHATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Shane, them Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, we focus so much on KJ and Rocket and Sam Pittman and this offensive line and these weapons. But hey, the Arkansas fans know, man, the defense has got turn the corner if they're going to upset some of these tough, tough teams they got on their schedule. And it's going to start Shane with the defensive backs that were just dreadful. Now, a lot of that was due to injury and Mm -hmm. and things of that nature, but Hey, we brought in a ton of guys via transfer. We got an entirely new defensive scheme and Marcus Woodson, co-defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach. He's done this before Shane took over at Florida state Coaching the secondary, they were one of the worst in the country. Last season finished number four in the entire nation in pass defense. It's not going to happen overnight at Arkansas, but given uh, what Coach Woodson had to say here on Wednesday, Shane, you can already see the seeds are being planted and improvement is being made. Uh, let's kick it over to Marcus Woodson on you know what it takes to – turn around a position group like this that was just so dreadful a year ago.
2: You know, until today,
1: um, in the fastballs that we see and the two-on-twos and stuff, the DBs have, you know, especially yesterday, and I I don't know if that carries through practice, but what have you just made of the the competition aspect of how your DBs have played the man stuff that you've worked
4: on?
3: Well, we started camp off by, by saying two things. We wanted to continue to stack good days the very first day of camp wasn't a good day for us on the back end. But ever since then, we've stacked good days, and, and we've been consistent with doing that. And then we said every rep that we put on film has to be a competitive rep. If if you put a non-competitive rep on tape, then you won't be on the field. you know. So just putting the emphasis on competing every play and making every rep at practice a competitive rep, and and that's what the guys have responded to.
0: All right, Shane. So Coach Woodson, there. I mean, he's got me fired up, brother. I mean, it's a, it's a unit there. We we've got to take it day by day, stacking good days on top. And I, I like the fact that he admitted, "Hey, KJ got us the first day, brother. It was not <laughs> a good one here, but it's not you know how you start; it's how you finish." And and ever since then, the, the secondary is playing better and better in Fayetteville.
1: Well, and that's what you see sometimes, you know, when you got a a dominant quarterback. A little slow right out of the gate, but iron sharpens iron, you know, and it's the more that you go against KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, man, you better get better or you better, you know, that's what I'm saying, or or you're going to get your ass kicked every day. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is what I like to hear, brother. And and I'm hearing it from everybody. I've got, I got guys DMing me saying, Hey, check out, check out this guy on the defensive front, you know, (laughs) Jeff, he's Jeff Coates, the real deal. you know it's like yeah absolutely this is what we want to hear arkansas obviously they're going to steal the spotlight on the offense side of the ball but it's the defense that i think is giving coach pittman's that quiet confidence
0: yeah and i one other uh comment here from coach woodson shane that i love just because defense you know i realize that uh if you have a player on offense screw up it could it could blow up a play it could blow up a drive i get that but i I also think at offense with an elite quarterback or an elite receiver or an elite running back, they can erase mistakes by others, right? Yeah. On defense, I think I mean, short of uh, you know, Will Anderson just game wrecking you or something like that, it's it's much more difficult to do on the defensive side of the ball. It really is the you know, the, the weakest link in the chain is gonna break that bad boy. So mm-hmm. you have to work together, you have to work as a team. Players go down. Uh, you know, there's communication and there's tempo and there's one big play. you got to get right back up and do it all over again. Uh, I just love this message from Marcus Woodson on staying together, working as a team, improving as a team. Uh, I, I don't know. I, th-
1: I think people will get something from this. Finding back to your first year at Florida State, you know, did you
5: kind of – bring up the struggles that that secondary experience before you got there when trying to, to motivate how, what lessons did you learn from that kind of turnaround at FSU that maybe you're applying to, to this group right now?
3: Yeah. I never look back to last year. You know, you obviously want to have an idea what you're inheriting, if you will. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about today and moving forward. Not, not yesterday. Uh, you know, so what I do is go back and look at what are the things we did good or fairly good and what, what, what's the biggest areas of improvement. And whatever those areas of improvement is, that's what we're going to emphasize. And coming here to, to Arkansas, I felt watching film and just getting some history of what went on last year, the first thing was just us coming together as a group. And it was the same way at Florida State. You know, it's a, I tell the guys all the time, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to get there fast, go by yourself. But it's a long journey, uh, and we want to go far. So we're going to go together, and it's a brotherhood. And it's amazing how much you can accomplish just by bringing guys together and having some oneness, if you will. So I'm excited with the chemistry in the room, with where we're going. They know it's going to be a collective deal for us to be successful. It's a we-and-us mindset, not an I-and-me. All right,
0: Shane,
1: I know I'm not fast
0: enough to play defensive back for Coach Woodson, but if I could, I mean, this sounds like a guy I'd want to play for.
1: Oh yeah, man. It's a little nicer than than what Dion's doing over here in Colorado. Like, if one of you fighting, we're all fighting. You know, it's like, yeah, I like this approach a little better, Mike. You know, but it is it is a team effort, and you got to have each other's back. And there's going to be times you make mistakes, and if your team is 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 close, you know what I'm saying. They can identify it, man. They can realize if you're out of place. They can you know pick up the slack if you miss a uh, miss a step or something. So uh, mm-hmm. that's... That's that's what you got to have. You can't have a whole bunch of eyes running around, as Coach says. You got to have a bunch of wheeze.
0: Yep. All right. Final team to hit on here, Shane. Let's kick it on down to South Carolina, real quick. Where the SEC's most underrated quarterback. Am I allowed <laughs> to say that? If I'm the one that under, I think I am. But he's yeah. underrated. He's underrated in my book, Shane. That's Spencer Rattler. Where if he catches fire again, the Gamecocks are going to stun the nation once again, and it's going to start a college game day in town in Charlotte for that North Carolina matchup. But uh, I love the fact that uh, he referenced some of the guys that are stepping up because this is almost identical to what you were uh, asking me about the other day, Shane. With Juice Wells currently sidelined, Who's stepping up in the offense? Some interesting names here from Spencer Rattler.
3: Image that uh, Omega and Nick have been taking a lot of those first team reps with juice out. Just what has the connection been like with those two guys? What do you like about having them in that spot? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Omega has been a great weapon for us. You know, can go get the ball, um, you know, high IQ football player. You know, you just got to learn the small little details. Obviously, you got Nick um you know who's just raw big fast still teaching him the ways but yeah Omega had a great scrimmage you know hit him for a 75 yard touchdown um in the scrimmage uh, and uh nick made some plays as well
0: all right i knew you loved the name shane omega blake (laughs) and of course he's talking about the five-star outstanding freshman nicholas harbour who yeah um everybody should know this name shane bruce feldman college football insider and Every year he writes this article. It's called The Biggest Freaks or Freaks List or something like that. Yeah. And, and it's just physically imposing people and, and, you know, incredible feats. Never, and he's been doing it for like 10 years, never has he done the biggest freak in college football as a true freshman. This year he's done it with Nicholas Harbour. So, I mean, oh, wow. national media, you know, they they cannot wait to see what South Carolina has. And, you know, that could be something that we're all i mean i know we got excited when they landed a five star and all that but we he wasn't there for spring now he's there he's tearing it up apparently uh that that could be something that we're all overlooking that uh because remember he's he's like six five six six he's six. He's—he's faster than he's legitimate <laughs> track speed i mean i don't know if he's guardable you know what
1: man mike i tell you what see wouldn't it be amazing to be that gifted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, six, five, f- I'm sub four, four. I mean, it's just the guy's just a freak athlete, and yeah. that's why he's on the field. And, and he doesn't have to have the whole playbook memorized right now. You know, just give him 10 good plays out there, and, you're, and that's what they'll get. So, mm-hmm. man, South Carolina's got some weapons. They got some dudes. And I, and I know Juice is, is banged up a little bit, but if he gets out there, phew, buddy, you know? I mean, when you look at that schedule, south carolina schedule they've got north carolina they the first month they've got north carolina they got georgia they got tennessee they got uh who is the other one mississippi, mississippi state, state you mm-hmm. know uh those, those four tough opponents man right there in the month of september and it almost changes your entire trajectory you know coming off right. that that awesome season last year it ramps up real quick this season, and you're gonna need dudes like this to step up and help you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe we are sleep. It's crazy as a Tennessee fan to say that I'm sleeping on <laughs> South Carolina because they beat the shit out of us. But you know, maybe we are, man. You know, there's just something about it the the confidence of Rattler the the you know I coach was a little frustrated yesterday, so I tried to read into that, but you never you, you don't know, but. Man, if it all comes together, brother, and then we're sitting there at the end of September and maybe they go four and one, you Mm -hmm. know, then all of a sudden, (laughs) you better be paying Beamer before he gets back home. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If you want him to stick around, you better give him some money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, The the only other clip I got here, Shane, I I just thought this would be music to the ears of Gamecock fans, but Spencer Rattler, uh, best camp he's ever been a part of according to him and and, uh, again this is this is exactly what you want to be hearing.
5: I know out in Nashville I I talked to you about trying to figure out ways to overcome those growing pains early on in the season especially with a new offensive coordinator as we
4: sit here today just over a week plus into fall camp how would you assess where you guys are and what do you feel like you guys need to do as you get ready for week one? This is the best camp I've been a part of you know. Uh, offensively, I, I love everything we're doing. Um, I don't feel any growing pains myself. Um, the group has been gelling. been playing fast. We've been making we have a ton of explosive plays and touchdowns this camp. I mean, way more than last year, um, for sure. So um, you know, I feel like it's a complete turn, but like you said, you know, we got to come out and, and do it and prove it. So we're just going to keep stacking days, uh, keep gelling and keep creating that chemistry. Since so you came
5: back for at least one more year. What are some things as you kind of go through the preseason that you wanted to get better at, whether it's mechanically or technically, and how have you seen that grow over the course of the last 10 or 14 days?
4: Um, You know, just working everything with my game. You know, I feel like uh, mechanically I'm sound, Um, you know, just obviously, um consistency with, uh, you know, protecting the ball. That was probably the number one thing. Other than that, you know, I'm going to play my game. I trust in what Dow's doing. Um, you know, this offense suits me a lot better, and uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. All
0: right, Chase, are you buying this Spencer Rattler? Heating up? I mean, that, that Rattler's coming for you. I see that little, uh, you know, GIF all, online all the time with the Rattler anytime he does something cool. Or, or I also see him with a cigar. Uh, yeah. Are we going to be seeing more of the cigar Spencer Rattler this fall, you think?
1: I hope so, Mike. For your sake, you know what I'm saying. Just so they can drag your ass through the mud. That's that's all this is. At this point, I am rooting for him to be better than the eighth spot you had him at quarterback, Mike. You know? so, just just so I can keep seeing those. Uh, the one I don't like is when he's counting to five. That one that one was a little rough, you know. But with the other ones, I'll let it slide.
0: Yeah. Well, buddy, that's all I got on this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line?
1: No, man. We got a little over a week. We got some college football on TV, brother. I'm watching Hard Knocks. I'm, I, it's, uh, it's just it's that time of the year, brother. I love yeah. it. Got high school football cranking up. It's it, it is it is it's awesome, man. I just wish the temperatures would come down a little bit. I'm ready for that fall weather get that sweater wetter as they say you know i'm come down here we'll we'll eat some chili drink so shit we got 100 pounds of uh twisted tea mike we're gonna have a hell of a weekend uh, that season opener ain't we
0: yeah i can't wait buddy well that's all i got i appreciate you as always i appreciate all the cousins out there we'll catch you on the next one
1: all right see you guys go balls.